turn uh, with me in your scripture uh, to Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is a uh, longer psalm. We will read uh, the entire psalm uh, together. Uh, We were looking last time at Psalm 17, Psalm 17 being the first psalm that actually is entitled uh, A Prayer of David, and so a a psalm that uh, is given to us to learn to pray, that teaches us to pray. And Psalm 18, uh, as we will find out, is a psalm that is meant to teach us uh, to sing. And so we'll read this psalm together. This is the word of the Lord. I'll read the introduction at the beginning. To the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I'm saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompass me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I cried for help from his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire, and he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. And then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, and he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness According to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. And by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You've given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. 
You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet for you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me and those who hated me. I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. And as soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me and you delivered me from the man of violence. For this, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your great name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray uh, for help. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, glorious uh, psalm. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity again tonight to hear you uh, speak to us. Help us, Lord, we pray, to to know what you have uh, for us to learn tonight uh, from this passage. And we pray it uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first uh, known publication of the words was on August 27 of 1868 uh, in the New York Observer. Uh, it was titled Always Rejoicing, attributed to someone named Pauline T. And no one knows who it was. And the text read this way in 1868. My life flows on an endless song above earth's lamentation. I catch the sweet, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? What, though my joys and comforts die, the Lord my Savior liveth. What, though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that refuge clinging, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. How can I keep from singing? I lift my eyes, the cloud grows thin. I see the blue above it, and day by day this pathway smooths since first I learned to love it. The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his. How can I keep from singing? Well, apparently some can. Um, If you looked uh, at... uh, uh, churches uh, today, there's many, even in, in many uh, worship services around our nation, no doubt. Uh, apparently some can keep from singing. Uh, closed mouths, uh, silent voices, maybe nary a peep, perhaps a, a mumble. Something's missing. Um, but not for David. Not for David. Psalm 18 has the second longest uh, title or superscription, uh, that is the writing, the introduction above the psalm. Uh, and it is it is critical. Uh, and this is a psalm in which we find out that David has learned to sing uh, and he wants us to learn to sing as well. And so three things quickly tonight. A heart full of love uh, we find in David. We find a head full of God uh, and we find uh, a life full of song uh, from this psalm. 
The, uh, the superscription is very important, of course. Uh, to the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day uh, when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Uh, and he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, uh, my stronghold. David has a, a heart full of love for God, and he can't help uh, but sing. Uh, this uh, whole psalm uh, you will find also in Samuel. You'll find this uh, in, the, in the history uh, of, of David uh, in 2 Samuel 22. Interestingly, what you don't find in 2 Samuel 22 uh, is, this, uh, is this very short first verse, uh, which is why it's so important. I love you, O Lord, uh, my strength. It's very interesting. The word love that's used there means compassion. It's the, it's the word for love that uh, connotes uh, emotional love. And it's the only place, uh, it's the only place uh, where this uh, is used of human love for God. It's a, it's a, uh, a, a, a love full of, of compassion, full of, um, uh, full of emotional intensity. I love you, O Lord, uh, my strength. David seems, uh, in this first verse, very un-Presbyterian-like in his outburst uh, of praise. Uh, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Uh, And he doesn't mind repeating himself. Rock, fortress, rock, uh, name after name for God, shield, refuge, stronghold. And in there is that uh, Hebrew word, Masada. You may have heard of Masada, the... uh, the, the, the desert stronghold, the fortress uh, that, that, that folks ran into and, uh, um, and sought, sought refuge. It's all about a high place. Uh, these are all names for the Lord. But again, note the heading of this psalm. David's initial outpouring uh, of love for the Lord, which leads to singing praise to the Lord, uh, is clearly uh, in response uh, to his conviction of the Lord's deliverance uh, of him. The words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him. Uh, that's when he sang uh, this to the Lord. He was responding uh, to conviction and uh, experience of the Lord's great deliverance. And that's why there is this bursting forth of a heart full of love uh, for God. We find that in the scripture. When people are, are delivered, there's this, this kind of outburst. So you think of uh, Zacchaeus, when uh, Jesus comes to his house, and then uh, uh, salvation, Jesus says, has come this day to this house. And then we hear about Zacchaeus saying, okay, I'm going to give back, uh, you know, fourfold to anybody who I've, I've stolen from, and double, and double to this. And Zacchaeus kind of bursts out, and okay, this is, this is my response to the Lord. I'm going I'm to give back everything that I've uh, stolen from others. You think about the uh, notoriously sinful woman whom we later find out has the name of Mary, uh, who, uh, who uh, is, is weeping at Jesus' feet. And then she takes her hair and she gets down and she, uh, and she, she wipes Jesus' uh, feet with her hair. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 of course, the Pharisees are so amazed that Jesus would allow her to do that. And, and Jesus well, well, she's been forgiven much. So she loves much. And there's this outburst of, of thankfulness and 
praise. Think about the Apostle Peter in John 13 when Jesus is teaching about um, uh, that we are to serve one another. And he takes the, uh, the towel and the basin himself and goes around the disciples to wash their, their feet. And at first Peter says, no, not me. You can't possibly do this, Lord. And then Jesus says, well, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no part of me. And so then Peter bursts out and says, well, not just my feet, but my whole body. I need to be, and there's this outburst of praise. Or think about the elders in the book of Revelation who have these crowns that the Lord has given to them. But then when they come before the Lamb, the Bible says they take their crowns and they toss them at the feet of the Lamb. These, these belong to you. Outburst of praise for, for, for deliverance. David's deliverance has been from death. That's what we read about in verses 4 and 5. The cords of death encompass me. Torrents of destruction assailed me. If you have your Bible, turn back to uh, 1 Samuel 20. We'll find exactly uh, when this was happening in the life uh, of David. And so in 1 Samuel 20, David is on the run uh, from Saul. And this is what we read. Then David, 1 Samuel 20, then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, what have I done? What's my guilt? What's my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, far from it, you shall not die, said Jonathan. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. Why should my father hide this from me? It's not so. But David vowed again, saying, your father knows well that I found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step uh, between me uh, and death. And uh, the Lord rescues But what, that's where he was. There's but a step between me and death. But Psalm 18 is, I love you, O Lord, my strength, because you've rescued me from death. So what can we compare this in our own life? Well, deliverance from our sin against a holy God, which leads to death. Uh, leads not only to physical death, the consequences of the fall. We will all die physically, but spiritual death. Uh, what do we have to say, I love you, Lord, for? Well, we have been delivered from our great enemy who seeks our eternal death. Um, I love you, O Lord, my strength. You rescued me. Uh, this outburst of praise uh, this song from David comes from a heart full of love in response to a conviction that he has been uh, delivered from death. Uh, there's a wonderful little uh, chapter in uh, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters where uh, Wormwood, the junior demon, is asking the senior demon, you know, we've got this patient, they call the Christian a patient, we've got this Christian who, um, you know, is following the Lord. Wouldn't it be good if we just killed him? Wouldn't it be good if he just died in the war? And put an end to him. And the senior demon says, no. You take his physical life, that doesn't do us any good. Because he is still saved. What we want is him, uh, his eternal death. That's what we're after. That's the, that's the worst death. Satan knows. Not to be preserved from physical death. That is a great blessing. But the more important rescue, of course, comes... Uh, from spiritual death. And that's what Satan wants to keep us from, of course. And so, but initially here, uh, how does David learn to sing? Where does this song come from? Well, he's got a heart full of love and in response uh, to the Lord's rescue of him from death. That's how you learn to sing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've been rescued from death. He's also got a head full, full of God. That's why this psalm is so big and we, of course, aren't going to have opportunity to uh, tackle every verse and things like that. But there are some helpful things for us to see here that in this great big middle section, verses 4, right through verse uh, 48, not only does David have a heart full of love, but he's got a head full of God. Uh, one person describes this, this whole section as rapid fire, uh, mind expanding, uh, imagination stretching verses about the Lord and his and his and his work. Somebody put it this way. Our conceptions can become so sluggish and sinful that we begin to think our God is tedious in his ways, anemic or weak in his power and predictable in his plans. David here in Psalm 18 writes this uh, commentator wants to blow that attitude to smithereens. He wants to show you uh, a God uh, you won't forget. Three quick ways he does it in these verses. First of all, he speaks of the Lord as the Lord of Lord of creation in verses seven uh, through 15. And uh, David, as he thinks about how he's been rescued from death, he appeals to all sorts of images from the uh, uh, past of uh, God's people being saved uh, throughout, throughout history. And so he speaks of hailstones and fire and darkness uh, in verse 12. And our minds are drawn back to the exodus and to the plagues. He uses language like thunder and lightning in verses 12 uh, and or 13 and 14, uh, which reminds us of, of Mount Sinai. And uh, when his, God's people were taken to the mountain, God spoke to them uh, from the mount. Uh, David uses words like the thick clouds of water and the earth uh, reeling uh, and rocking. In verse 7, the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations trembled. Uh, verse 11, thick clouds full of water. Um, and we think about the flood, the exodus, the Mount Sinai, the flood. These are all images coming from the history of God's dealings faithfully. Uh, with his people. Verse 9, he speaks about the Lord bowing the heavens and coming down, riding on a cherub. Verse 10, and you remember from your scripture, the cherub appears at the tree of guarding the tree of life. He appears at the holy of holies and on the mercy seat. The cherub, the, the symbol of, of, of holiness. And the Lord comes. Ah. Now here's the interesting thing. All these uh, images here in verses 7 to 15, drawing on Israel's history and their salvation from the Lord. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is that David is talking about his own rescue from salvation. But he uses all this language to describe it. And the interesting thing is that if you were to read through the book of Samuel, uh, you would never see this happening literally in the life of David in the book of Samuel. Uh, Alec Mautier uh, puts it this way, Bible commentator. We read verses 7 to 15 and say, but nothing like this actually happened as recorded in 1 Samuel. You read 1 Samuel, you don't, you don't hear about actually lightning and, and things like that. Uh, and Mautier says this, quite so. What we have here is a uh, behind-the-scenes depiction of Yahweh acting in power Using the great forces of nature, of creation, 
uh, in an imaginative way. That is, the psalmist is, is using these images in an imaginative way to describe his own, his own being rescued. In 1 Samuel, says Macher, we, we see divine providence. In, actually, in the life of David, you read Samuel, it seems like just divine providence is at work to rescue David. Bringing David out of deadly trouble, he says. And on the throne, uh, according to the plan of God. The pictures of power, the workings of providence are two ways of seeing the same events. You already saying, say, so wait a minute, David's saying he was rescued this way and all this mighty uh, act of, of God. He's the Lord of creation. But you look at actually what happened and it just seems like normal providence. But David knows that though it seems just like normal providence, uh, the Lord who makes the, 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 the foundations of the earth shake and rock and reel uh, is, is at work. To rescue uh, him. That's a beautiful, uh, beautiful picture. That whole picture of the Lord being behind the scenes. Of, uh, he's the Lord of creation. And, uh, and, and, the, and the normal course of providence in our lives. Behind the scenes, David knows the powerful working of God. Is that work? That leads him to sing. Leads him to sing as he thinks about his normal life. It's not normal. The Lord of heaven and earth is moving all things as he has in the past for the salvation of his people, directing the course of events that David might be rescued. We should never forget that. The Lord behind the scenes, director of all things, for your salvation and my salvation, leads David to sing. He's also Lord of the covenant, not only Lord of creation, he's Lord of the covenant. Notice again these, this language in verse 20 and following. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. Verse 21, I've kept the ways of the Lord. Verse 22, all his rules were before me. Verse 23, I was blameless before him. Verse 24, so the Lord has rewarded me uh, according to my righteousness. Now this language sounds strange to our ears, but it shouldn't. It's similar to the language we just read in Psalm uh, 17, verses 3 to 5, about uh, David praying to the Lord about him trying his heart, visiting him at night, searching David's heart. And what does the Lord find? Well, he finds David truly does love the Lord. That David has a clear conscience and that David is walking in his ways. That is, uh, Psalm uh, 18, 20 to 24, David is speaking like a covenant Keeper, he's speaking like someone who is in love with the Lord, who's in love with his word, uh, who loves his ways uh, and is walking uh, in his ways. This is covenant keeper language. Now, how do we know that this is not David sinfully boasting in his self-righteousness? Because the rest of the, 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 the verses tell us. Verse 27, David says, because you, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, David here, he, this is him proud. This is him trusting in his own righteousness. No, no, no. Verse 27 says, For you save a humble people. But the haughty, or the proud eyes, you bring down. He's not being proud. He is saying, I am, I am, a, uh, I am in covenant with God. He's the Lord of the covenant. I'm walking in his ways. And he is gracious to me. He cares for me. He supports me. Uh, I am in this uh, I am in this relationship with the Lord. I am faithful to Him. He is faithful to me. And so I sing His praise. Notice the language. Verse 28. It's you who light my lamp. For you who uh, like uh, hockey, right? In hockey, when someone scores a goal, uh, you talk about a hockey player lighting the lamp. 
<laughs> so has nothing to do with this passage. Uh, but David says, the Lord, as it were, uh, well, maybe it does have something to do with this passage. The Lord turns on the lights for David. He's not boasting in himself. Verse 29, for by you I run against the truth. That's where I get my strength from my covenant Lord. I am walking faithfully with him. He is faithful to me. He supports me. I can leap over a wall. Verse 29. This God. Verse 30. This covenant God. His way is perfect. So faithful. So gracious. He's my strength. My refuge is in him. He's Lord of creation. He's Lord of the covenant. He's Lord over all. In Psalm 18, David's head is full of God. It causes him to sing. Uh, David's God is Lord over all, verses 30 uh, through 48. Uh, he's Lord over David, who is the king. After all, he's Lord over all his kingdom. The Lord is incomparable, verse 31. For who is God but the Lord? Who is rock uh, except uh, our God, the absolute, incomparable greatness uh, of the Lord. How so? Why would David express himself this way? Which would lead him to say, well, then he goes on to tell us, because it's the Lord who equips David with strength, verse 32. It's the Lord who trains him up for war, verse 34. It's the Lord who supports him, verse 35. Notice again that language, your gentleness made me great. It's a beautiful word. The Lord's gentleness has lifted up David to where he is. It's the Lord in verse 36 who secures him uh, with the Lord's equipping David the king. We find out in verses 37 to 42, uh, so with, with, with the Lord's uh, support, with the Lord's upholding, uh, David, who has been anointed as king, routes all his enemies, routes all the enemies around him. Verse 37, 42. Notice all the words of victory. Victory. Verse 37, I pursued my enemies, overtook them. Verse 38, I thrust them through. Uh, verse 39, you made those who rise against me sink. Verse 40, you made my enemies turn their backs. Verse 41, they cried for help, but there was none to say. Verse 42, I beat them fine as dust before the wind. This is a picture of uh, the Lord's king uh, completely winning absolute victory over all enemies. And so David, David sings. And then verses 43 to 48 return. David returns with an emphasis on the powerful hand of the Lord working all things through his appointed king. It's the king who now he's at the head of the nations. Verse 43. You made me the head of the nations. Verse 44. As soon as they heard of me, the king, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing. That means they came in submission to the king. They lost heart. They came trembling out of their fortresses. They're, they're in submission to uh, the king. Uh, they bow down. All their defenses, verse 45, have proved futile. The peoples are subdued, verse 47. And the king, in verse 48, is exalted. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose Against me. So here there is not only he's Lord of creation, Lord of the covenant, here he is the, uh, uh, the Lord over all. There's this worldwide, uh, worldwide victory, worldwide kingdom, uh, worldwide uh, reign that comes from the Lord. And so David sings, verse 46, the Lord lives 
And blessed be my rock, exalted be the God of my salvation. You've got a heart full of love. He's got a head full of God, who's the Lord of creation, Lord of the covenant, Lord over all. And therefore, David's life uh, becomes a life uh, full of song. That was verse 49. For this, everything we just quickly looked at. For this, says David, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. This is how David has learned to sing. That is, he's got a heart full of love in response to the uh, uh, absolute glorious rescue he's experienced from death. From the Lord, I love you, O Lord. My strength. He's got a head full of God and that he sees that his rescue, everything in his life actually, even though it looks like normal actings of providence, not really noticing going on, but he knows that, that the Lord is behind the scenes, powerfully working all things according to his counsel of his will uh, to work out his plan in David's life. And so he sings. And he knows that the Lord is faithful and and David loves him and walks with him and walks in his ways. And he knows it's the Lord who supports him and who strengthens him and who makes him leap over a wall. It's the Lord, it's the Lord who is his faithful covenant God. And David is faithful to him. And, uh, and so he sings. And he's the Lord over all. Every enemy of the Lord's king is eventually conquered. And we know that's true. That either the enemies of the king of kings is either conquered through conversion to submission to the king, fealty to the king, bowing the knee to the king, uh, willingly giving him the uh, worship and honor that is due his name. Or if they don't, if they continue in rejection of the rightful king, uh, they are destroyed. But all will come in submission to him. And so David knows all this and he says, for this... Uh, for this, I will praise you, O Lord. And notice he says, I will do this among the nations. Because you are Lord of all, I am going to praise you among the nations for this. For what? I will praise you for your love and your power and your faithfulness uh, and your rescue and your deliverance. Now, we praise, uh, we praise many people and we praise many things and we do it. Uh, for many reasons. But David in Psalm 18 is fired up by the greatness of the Lord and he can't keep from singing. Could be translated to your name. I will make music. I will sing to your name. I remember many, many years ago, I think it was, uh, oh, I don't know. I can't even remember when it was. Long time ago. I ended up in Washington, D.C. for for a gathering of men um, for prayer and uh, um, there on the, on the mall in Washington. And, uh, and I remember they gave out, I think they gave out uh, T-shirts to everybody. Um, I don't have it anymore, but it was a T-shirt that said, um, Real men sing real loud. <laughs> uh, uh, I had to set it aside at some point. It would be much too small. Anyway, that's too much. Uh, but uh, that was a great that was a great shirt. Real men sing real loud. Why? Well, David was a real man. He was a he was a warrior. 
He was a warrior king. And in this psalm, he says, I I have learned to sing (laughs) because I love the Lord who's rescued me. My heart is full of love for him. My head is full of thoughts of his his workings, his faithfulness, his love, uh, his his power and the fact that all all his enemies uh, will will come under his his sway. And the king will be exalted among the nations. And for all this, says David, for all this, I will. It's a commitment here, isn't it? I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. So this is public, isn't it? This isn't singing in the shower. (laughs) This is public praise. Of his God. He's learned to do it. He's learned to sing. The praise of his Lord. And then David, of course, ends the psalm where he began. Uh, The theme of his psalm, verse 50, great salvation. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring. Forever, you see, David knew uh, that uh, it was never only uh, it was never only about him. It's a wonderful thing here. The end of the psalm. Remember the beginning of the psalm. He starts with uh, his love for the Lord. I love you, O Lord, my strength. And at the end of the psalm, uh, he 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 returns to the love of the Lord for him. Right, great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love. To his anointed, he has shown his love to me. But he, he knew, uh, he knew it wasn't just about him. Uh, but the Lord shows steadfast love to uh, his anointed and his offspring forever. Remember back in Second Samuel 7, uh, the covenant the Lord made with David that there would be one on the throne. This is what the Bible says. The Lord says to David back in Second Samuel 7, when your days are fulfilled and you don't lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And Solomon comes, dies. Many other kings come and die. But one uh, son of David would come whose throne would be forever. And uh, we read of that later in the psalm. Psalm 89, 28 says this, My steadfast love I will keep for him forever. My covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever. His throne as the days of the heavens. His offspring shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies. When is this fulfilled? Well, it's fulfilled, friends, of course, in the coming of the offspring of David, the greater David, uh, the king whose throne lasts forever, all enemies defeated and put to flight. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. There were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, his anointed, and he shall reign forever and Ever. 
Psalm 18 tells us of the reign and rule of the king who subdues all his enemies. Uh, yes, many subdued by the Holy Spirit, conquering our hearts, converting us to faith in Christ. But for those who remain unrepentant, they too will bow the knee. Jesus will be exalted. The king who reigns forever will be exalted among the nations. And he will be exalted in the earth. And because that's true, David says, I've, I've learned to sing. And I'm going to sing and make music to your name. Uh, who can compare with this God? And of course... Uh, we're not left to uh, our own devices to know, well, how does, how does this passage really have to do with the Lord Jesus? Because the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans this, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, the Jews, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And, why did Christ come? In order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, says Paul, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. And in him will the Gentiles hope. And he's come. <laughs> so David learned to sing. Why? He knew he was rescued from death uh, by his God. He, was, he said, I'm a step from death. But Lord, you rescued me. And friends, we, we in our sin, that's where we are. Until the Lord, by his grace, rescues us from death, slavery, to sin. And he rescues us and sets us, and sets us free. And so David, David sings in his mind. It's just full of God, of God's powerful working behind the scenes of his life. Uh, of the Lord's faithfulness and covenant with, with David. And of the Lord's, the Lord's, the Lord's uh, grace to him. And, and, and that his king is, 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 is ruling over the nations. And we are to sing of him among the nations. Why, friends, should we sing? Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does his successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and wane no more. People and realms of every tongue dwell on his love. Remember this verse? You dwell on his love with sweetest song. And infant voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. Let every creature rise and bring peculiar honors to our king. Angels descend. What do they descend with? Angels descend with songs again. And earth, that's us, repeats the loud Amen. He shall reign over all things. How can we, like David, keep from singing? May we learn to sing like the sweet psalmist of Israel. Let's pray uh, together. Heavenly Father, we do pray tonight that you would 
show us again, convict us again. Uh, Lord, we are not David. Uh, we are not living uh, thousands of years ago. We're not pursued by Saul uh, to death. But Lord, we uh, nonetheless, apart from Jesus Christ, are held in slavery uh, to sin and our fear of death all our lives until you set us free. And Lord, we know that the wages of sin is death. Not only do we die physically, uh, but Lord, that the wages of sin is, is eternal death. And the Lord Jesus Christ has come to rescue us from death. So that we could say, even tonight, I love you, O Lord. My strength, your Lord of creation, your Lord of the covenant, you're oh so faithful. Your Lord uh, over all. Lord, I want my head to be full of you and your grace and power and faithfulness and that would lead to a life full of song. That I would praise you for this, for these truths. And I would sing and make music to your name among the nations. So Lord, help us, we pray, this week as you lead us among the nations, among our neighbors and friends and family members perhaps who don't know you. Uh, help us, O oh Lord. Uh, to, to sing, to speak your praises, that you would be known and that more would come to worship this God. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.